Hi, this is Jeff Cooper, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast, where we're going to talk Avengers Campus. In a space nestled between competing Disney California Adventure attractions, Disney Imagineering has created an entirely new space devoted to the Marvel superheroes. Avengers Campus is truly a unique themed land with impressive rides, attractions, and other offerings. We will look closely at this campus setting, explore its two major attractions, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout and Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure. As the Avengers assemble on campus, we'll look at a host of entertainment offerings featuring Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Dora Milaje, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll also look at food and beverage options, as well as retail and much, much more. Join us as we experience Avengers Campus here at Disney at Play. And by the way, make sure you check out DisneyAtPlay.com, subscribe there. But there you're going to find a whole number of videos and photos that uh, accentuate the concepts and ideas that uh, we'll be talking about today. There's so much to explore. I love Disney California Adventure. It's uh, renovation over the last number of years from uh, things like The Little Mermaid and World of Color to the addition of Buena Vista Street to the gorgeous um, Radiator Springs. This is a wonderful park and now to see the Avengers campus added to this. Now I miss um, the Bugs Lifeland. It was a cute little space, but honestly, I could get it's tough to be a bug here at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and and there was so much more to explore that they can do in Disney that we cannot do at Walt Disney World, namely explore um, the the whole world of Marvel, and this is. This is an amazing place. And, you know, Marty Scalar, former Imagineer uh, leader and head, talk, talked a lot about, you know, with a blank sheet of paper, you're either scared or you you're, you anticipate the possibilities of what could be on this. But in truth, no uh, sheet of paper is just one big blank, do whatever you want. It always has constrictions. Even a sheet of paper has the constrictions of four sides to it or... Um, um, or the flatness of it. But here at Disney California Adventure, they had a unique challenge of how to shoehorn this uh, land, it's a themed land, into what was already developed space. There isn't a lot of space to utilize. And so my hats go off to them that they did what they did. In essence, the land has a Tomorrowland type feel to it. Um, even though if we had put it in Tomorrowland where there would have been a lot of space across the street or across the promenade at Disneyland, I think a lot of people would have been upset and, and disappointed. Um, so I'm glad it has its own land. I, I hope someday Tomorrowland gets addressed. But I love, I love, I do really love how this land comes together. When you come in from the main pathway leading past 
the Carthay Circle Theater on the way to Pixar Pier. You, you, you see the Avengers Campus um, insignia, and you see buildings up ahead. It, it doesn't really do justice quite the same way. And yet, as you turn the corners and you see this Quinjet, and oh my goodness, this Quinjet is so amazing looking. Just sitting there on top of this building, uh, well, which is the Avengers headquarters, and then beyond it is the Guardians of the Galaxy building, which is so crazy unique. Um, this is truly an amazing looking campus, which is just strangely designed for, again, it's shoehorning fit, but it does a whole lot in a very little amount of space. And, uh, and so it's kind of, it's kind of fun. We really spent easily half of uh, the two days we were at Disney California Adventure we easily spent more than half of our time at Avengers Campus checking out everything that was new. All our meals were there. We'll talk about that a little later. I did a video that you'll want to see on, uh, you can either see on J. Jeff Cobra, our YouTube page, or just simply go to Disney at play.com and see the post that, that goes with this podcast. I, I did a video that kind of gives you the whole sense of the campus and the whole offering involved and by the way it's almost entirely shot at night um, which is even more stunningly glorious than it is during the daytime as sharp and attractive as it does look in the daytime it's even better at night and and so you see so many unique icons and oh my goodness this is an easter egg trove of details and thematic things which we can't even begin uh, going into little tiny details such as um, radiation coming out of a spigot causing a plant to overgrow compared to a tree to overgrow or plant to overgrow compared to the plants next to it. Uh, a little parking plaque for Agent Carter back in the stroller area, which most people, unless you got a baby, you're not even paying attention to. Just so many, many little details in this campus setting that makes the whole experience just a lot of fun. And by the way, I should say, I am not, um, I am not a comic book guy. I had comic books as a kid. I had some, some Superman. Fantastic Four was what I kind of gravitated for. And that hasn't really even interested me. The previous films have developed on that, but I have watched all the Marvel films. I've enjoyed um, WandaVision and, and Falcon and, and, um, all the other Marvel, what we've been watching the What If series, it's been great, but I wouldn't say I'm a Marvel fan. I'm not much of a collector at best. I can't even think of anything I've collected and I didn't really even collect anything while I was there. And yet I will say this, it was so intriguing and so fun and so interesting to study and see. Uh, you do not want, uh, if you are a Marvel fan, let me just say this. If you are a Marvel fan, you need to get to Disney California Adventure because you will be missing out. By the way, there are three Avenger campuses. They can't technically use the Marvel name um, because of some previous things that happened before they became who they are uh, today under the Disney umbrella. 
But, um, and I have been to the Marvel campus or what is of it at Hong Kong. The Disneyland Paris one is just kind of being created right now as we speak. It's going to take Rock and Roller Coaster there at the Disney Paris Studios and redo it. And, um, and they're going to add some other pieces. At Hong Kong, it, it, the Hong Kong experience really was where I first got excited. And it is part of Tomorrowland. So, uh, and maybe, you know, in the same way you have Harry Potter in more than one park, and mind you, you have Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid in more than one park, it doesn't seem impossible that they couldn't try um, eventually adding some Marvel aspects to the Disneyland. Tomorrowland, but um, in um, in uh, Hong Kong Disneyland, they have a um, a, a version of uh, Star Tours, which takes you to um, oh, it takes you through Hong Kong with Iron Man. It's entirely built to Iron Man, and it's very fresh. The whole experience is a very fresh kind of experience um there's also they also took their uh bugs uh, <laughs> uh buzz lightyear they also took their buzz lightyear and they made that attraction into um something themed to ant-man and wasp and and really that's very cool eventually eventually there should be an avengers quinjet experience added to hong kong as there should be in paris i believe and as there will be eventually in um in california at disney california adventure the challenge is right now um right now you have this uh marvel or avengers headquarters with this Quinjet on top. If you were to really look from the air, you'd see it's really a facade in the same way that the Haunted Mansion is a facade and that the entire attraction is a is something uh, beyond the berm, so to speak. They haven't even built the warehouse or the building for the actual attraction itself, which should be enormous in the same sense of what I've envisioned Rise of the Resistance. It's supposed to be something comparable and quality, not in terms of the ride itself, but in terms of the experience with um, with what you have at Rise of the Resistance. And so we're we're years away from that happening in the same way that guests waited for years in the 1960s for Haunted Mansion to show up. But but notwithstanding, all of this is a, a marvelous campus. And the and the um, right now the book ends to this is at toward the entrance as you come off the main promenade leading again toward between Carthay Circle and and um, and um, Pixar Pier is Web Slinger's Spider-Man Adventure and on the back end is Guardians of the Galaxy. Now Guardians of the Galaxy has been around uh, for some time. Um, it well, in fact, I think I first wrote it in 2017. It, it opened the same day as Pandora World of Avatar and under the direction of Joe Rohde. And so that man was a busy man. He actually opened up one and then flew out to the other. So um, uh, on that same day. And 
what they did is they took the Tower of Terror. Now, if you're a Tower of Terror fan at Disney California Adventure, um, and you should be because it is a brilliant, fantastic attraction. It is the ultimate e-ticket attraction um, up until recently with Rise and others and, and uh, Pandora World of Avatar. I would say it was one of the ultimate e-ticket attractions. At Disney California Adventure, it was not. They had redone the system by which instead of four lift elevators and two drop elevators, they just simply had three that functioned off of two boarding areas. And that's probably more um, detail than you need. But just to say, it was just kind of built on the cheap at Disney California Adventure during an era where they were building all things on the cheap. And it doesn't, it just was not Anyone who'd been to Walt Disney World just kind of cringed when they walked into the Tower of Terror at um, in um, Disneyland, uh, out of Disneyland at Disney California Adventure. By the way, they took the same model and used it, and it and it still remains today at Disneyland Paris Studios. So you can see that version there. And then they took it and redid it to a whole new level at Tokyo Disney, which is superb for, for the type of version of drop lift it is. It actually works incredibly well in Paris. So it's the theming. It's the detail that matters. And, and on my space, on my DisneyAtPlay.com, I have a video that really just looks at the queue, at the pre-show, the boarding areas, and then finally the exit. And there are so many little details in the queue you cannot see. I it, it would it, it's like it's like documenting a museum because the collector is essentially creating a museum out of this this building and uh, to house all of his collection and of which the guardians themselves have been captured and housed in this uh, experience and Rocket is going to break us break them out of it and you're gonna he's gonna need your help to do it and it's just a fantastic ride they do ask specifically you do not take video although I know others who have done so they specifically ask you not take video so I honor that whenever I am being told that however there is 10 minutes of this video just looking at all of the details that come excuse me that come in this attraction this is really one of the best attractions at Disney California Adventure. I would dare say number two right now to Radiator Springs Racers. Um, and it shows because, because the line for this attraction is long all day long and all night. Oh, and by the way, this building has its own lighting scheme at night that's just beyond. And, but... So definitely check it out at night. But but Guardians of the Galaxy, and this is one of the problems with the Marvel campus. If you remember when when um, Star um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened, and it only had Millennium Falcon, and it didn't have Rise, and people said, "Well, it's not much for all the work, all the money they spent." Da, da, da. Well, the money was on Rise, and you don't if you some of the people who benefited most from seeing Star Wars Galaxy's Edge are those who didn't see it until after Rise because they saw the whole offering. Well, the whole offering has come very piecemeal 
in fact, isn't even yet at Disney California Adventures. So when they opened Avengers Campus this last summer, people were kind of yawning going, well, Guardians was already there and all you've added was Spider-Man. Spider-Man could be likened to um, Toy Story Mania. I'll compare it in a minute. But it is an unfair comparison because really they haven't added the the uh, the uh, the attraction um, with the Quinjet that really is supposed to be at the rise level. And so I think when it's finally all built out, it will be quite remarkable. But right now it's only a portion built out. And so you have to kind of keep that in mind as you kind of kind of look at it. Any rate, Guardians of the Galaxy becomes one sort of bookend to this experience. And Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure becomes the other. Now I mentioned um, when I spoke about uh, the challenges at Disneyland a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about the fact that virtual queue does not mean a shorter queue. They've managed to maintain shorter queues when they were doing, when they, at some point when they really got good at Rise of the Resistance at Disney Cal Hollywood Studios. However, at Disney California Adventure, uh, the line for web slingers is for the most part extraordinarily long over an hour, easily 75 to 90 minutes and sometimes well beyond that. And when you look at the queue, you don't know that there's a back portion and then you don't know that there's actually this backstage portion that they could take advantage of. Now, the one time where it isn't so bad is at the beginning of the day. And because the, 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 you know, the, the ride hasn't stopped and had problems and the line kept building. And so, if you can get an early boarding pass, if you can get really good at getting that boarding pass right there at the nanosecond of the day, you are more likely to get in early and not have to wait so long in the standby queue. It's a great attraction. There's a pre-show um, that's just um, quite fun with Peter Parker. And, uh, and you see how the story is playing out with this new little spider bot that he's built and a spider bot that's able to replicate itself and all of a sudden it's gone haywire and we've got spider bots going all over the place. And your job is to get into a vehicle and go grab these spider bots. Now, the vehicle is very different looking than the Toy Story Mania vehicle, but assure, I assure you, it is a similar vehicle. And one of the things that I forgot about this ride because in Toy Story Mania, there is an ending where you kind of slide from one arcade moment to another. Here, in every situation, you stop at different um, places and you grab, uh, you shoot at bots. And you shoot at bots by slinging your fingers in the same way Spider-Man kind of slings his hand. There are some retail objects to kind of help you do that quicker. But let me tell you, it's just fun even slinging your hand. If you're a, if you're a local and you're an annual and you're going to go back on that several times, definitely get the attachment, the toy that goes with it. But for one-time or two-time visits, just slinging with your fingers is so much fun. My video captures the cue, 
captures the story, captures Peter Parker, captures boarding and the entire attraction itself. It is a 3D attraction, so you got to wear your glasses. Uh, but the digital, the digital experience um, fighting the spider bots is so much more enjoyable than Toy Story Mania. That is such an older set of images, and this is much more crisp and much more alive. And oh my gosh, you couldn't, there are more spiders than you could possibly imagine. And surprisingly, when you sling your hand, it has some pretty good accuracy to it. Uh, whatever trademark they got, they did good on this little thing. And they show your scores at the end. And it's it's quite fun to kind of see how you compare and do. And it's, and it's all done in an old uh, Stark uh, warehouse, not Tony, but his father's warehouse. And so there's, there's kind of um, thematic detail that ties into that element of it. And it too is just fun. I, I was glad that we were able to get virtual queues on both days. In fact, I made my virtual pass um, it, um, in the Orlando airport while waiting for the plane to go over to um, California. Um, but we wrote on it later in that day. Um, probably I had such an early pass that day. I probably wouldn't have waited much in a queue, but later on I did wait um, easily an hour and a, almost an hour and a half to get on that attraction. And I'm not, and that was getting in the door. And then there was still the go see the pre-show and wait again to get on the ride. It was very involved in that regard. Um, one of the big surprises for me, not that I didn't know that there was some element of show or entertainment, so to speak, with the Marvel characters, but uh, they really, you, you just can't be on that campus without seeing some Marvel superhero character. It is astonishing how many people are showing up. In the two days we were there, we saw Captain America, we saw Iron Man. We saw Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Dora Milaje, uh, Thor, Loki, uh, Falcon, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Gamora, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, and the Wasp. It was, and, and many of these individuals we saw several times over. Some were posing by the Quinjet, others on the headquarters. Others had um, what I would say are shows, and all of those shows were, were impressive. The Dora Milaje Warriors, um, there was really kind of one leader and then two guards. I think that's gone down to only one guard with it. Uh, she could be, but the leader could be her own show. She is so strong. And she stands on just a temporary platform and takes over and addresses the crowd. And the crowd nonchalantly gathers and she, um, she is there to recruit. And she... Um, assesses their ability to be warriors and it's just a fun people were loving it and enjoying it and engaged by it um she was so focused and so believing in her character it was a very big contrast to um guardians of the galaxy uh, mission breakout they actually have a well it's actually a uh, a dance uh little dance event between that occurs um, between uh, Star-Lord and Gamora, although Gamora is not gonna get too far into dancing. She doesn't break it out, but 
but there are others on hand to kind of help the crowd get into the dance. And so it's a dance, uh, dance off. And it's, it's just so much fun. It doesn't last more than maybe five, six, seven minutes, but there's so much fun to it. And people are having such a great time. Um, so much fun. Doctor Strange, Mysteries of the Mystic Arts. I had known about, there was this inner sanctum facility built um, to house this attraction, which use, utilizes some uh, tricks of magic to, to make it happen. I chose, uh, and again, I have videos of these shows, so go to my uh, page. I, I chose a nighttime show um, to capture the beauty and the color of this thing at night. And um, probably the more disappointing, maybe it, I was just too far back. I thought I kind of knew the magic tricks. It didn't, it didn't really surprise me how they were doing it. So that didn't capture me. And, and sometimes he seemed um, too serious and sometimes he seemed too, too casual. I, I had a hard time reading it. There's a little surprise. Uh, guest that shows up. That's kind of cool, but that probably was the more disappointing. And by the way, a huge line to get into the Inner Sanctum on every show. So go early if you want to get a good line, good space. It's uh, Unless you're really, really tall and you can stand in the back. Uh, you you want to you wanna pace yourself. But the video may help you to know whether or not this is the right fit for you when you, when you take a look. More impressive than even what I had seen on Disney Plus as it was um, as it was previewed there was the Amazing Spider-Man show. It is a part stunt show, um, part meet and greet. So it kind of combines the two. The other three shows that I just mentioned, they are not really meet and greet experiences per se. But this one with Spider-Man, he comes... When he gets down to on the ground, he starts to um, interact in, and visit and do photos with the guests, and it's a lot of fun. But the but the highlight of this thing is unquestionably a stuntronic that has been created for this, and to see the height that this 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 Spider-Man goes to as he flies through the air, it is. It is so impressive. It is so incredible to see. And it really just takes you to a whole new Marvel world. So much fun and uh, definitely worth seeing. Let's talk about some other aspects of the Avengers campus. Um, food and beverage, happy to talk about that because uh, we actually we did eat um, our lunches and dinners at Avengers Campus, which is a big choice to make because there's some really uh, flows over at Radiator Springs and and um, uh, and others. There are really great restaurants, even casual dining restaurants, to go to. You have to you have to be very well. We we wanted to make a good review of this. Unfortunately, I didn't catch the kitchen or the breakfast. I'm sorry, the breakfast. I did see it um, on the plates of others, and I have to say that Cinnapim Toast looked very, very interesting. Um, also very interesting was that they had a, um, 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 
from the shawarma palace, they had a falafel, but it was kind of breakfast based. I probably would have chosen that one. That one looked best out of all the breakfast choices, but the other breakfast choices didn't all that look that that great. I had been studying, but not hard enough, some of the choices um, for lunch and dinner. The ex, um, ever, uh, the quantum pretzel has been well Instagrammed, and it's kind of cute. I'm not a pretzel guy, and between my daughter and I, I didn't see the need to have a pretzel that big. I wish I had looked more carefully at the images, which weren't on the mobile order, as I recall, or I didn't see it well enough. I think I would have gone for the buffalo-style pretzel, which is loaded with chicken, hot sauce, ranch dressing, blue cheese, crumble. Um, I think that would have been actually pretty good, and I regret not having that. I did have, as a snack, a Proton PB&J punch, and I thought this was really good except for one thing. What is it? What this is, is it's Minute Maid Lemonade with peanut butter and strawberry flavors, and then you have uh, peanut butter infused whipped cream and these little peanut butter pretzel spheres that kind of go on top. I love the drink, but you should never have whipped cream on a drink that has ice in it. Or let me rephrase that. You should never have ice where you're going to have whipped cream. If you get a chance to order this, order this. And there, there was standby ordering if you wanted. It might be a long line, but it, there was standby ordering. But order it without the ice. Do not get the ice with it. And it'll make, give you more drink for it. The the lunch and dinner entrees, I, I we tried to sample several of them. Um, the pimini, I thought, was probably the best of all the choices. The salami, rosemary ham, provolone, sun-dried tomato spread on a toasted focaccia uh, with a marinara dipping sauce, which was really good. And... Uh, an arugula uh, salad on the side, which was also fine. No problems with that. I like that a lot. Um, the one I was really hoping for was the not-so-little chicken sandwich. I think we tried that twice, and it, in both instances, it failed to deliver. It's this big fried chicken breast uh, with a little tiny bun on it, and uh, it's got some teriyaki and red chili sauces, and some pickled cabbage slaw with uh, crispy potato bites. And uh, and the presentation was not impressive, by the way. It looked like it had been thrown together, first of all. So that was disappointing. And the, and the chicken just seemed like it had sat under a warmer for at least an hour. It was There was nothing fresh about the chicken, and that tended to dry it out. And all the teriyaki and red chili sauce on top did not save the day. And it was disappointing because we tried it twice and it, both times mm, just didn't work. Um, I should have been better at eating right and I should have had the Caesar salad with the Colossal Crouton. I didn't, but it did look really good. Um, I did also try the Impossible Spoonful. Now this is a rigatoni and ditalani uh, dish with a plant-based meatball. And I had heard another podcaster who loves his pasta talk about how this may have been the best pasta ever. And I got to tell you, 
he has not eaten in a school cafeteria because that's exactly what that pasta tasted like. It was so disappointing. Now that said, the meatball, even though it wasn't a meat, it was, you know, impossible plant-based meatball. It was really good. I would have just ordered that all by itself. It was so delicious. Added to that, there's a little cart called the Shawarma Palace. Actually, there were two carts, as I recall. And they had um, uh, a New York's Tastiest, which was a chicken shawarma wrap with garlic spread and coconut yogurt, tahini sauce, and pickled vegetables. It had a spice kick to it that really, I didn't have anything to really, um, if I'd had maybe the PB&J uh, drink with me at the time with no ice, that might have been okay with it, but it was just okay. Not that impressive. They also have an uh, impossible version of that. I, I did try that. I did try the Terran Treats, and that's a cart near the exit of Guardians of the Galaxy. And one is a Cosmic Cream Orb, which is kind of a cream puff with whipped raspberry cheesecake mousse. Very good. And even more surprising was the Sweet Spiral Ration. It's a churro spiral with unique flavors. Well, the unique flavors as they describe, it seem more like pineapple to me. And the presentation of that, it's kind of a curled up and green. It doesn't look really yummy. The color is not inviting. I got to tell you, it was one of the best churros I had. And let me tell you, you don't go to Disneyland without doing churros. It was a great churro. And uh, I was, I was, we, I had two of those before I was done. I'm sorry to tell you, but, um, but each day I was at Disney California Adventure, I had to try one of those. They were so, so good. Um, a lot has been said by others regarding the merchandise. I probably am not the best person to speak on that. But I will say a couple of things about the merchandise experience. There's a brand new, across from Spider-Man, something called Web Suppliers. And I have to say, the merchandise looks kind of cute. This kind of web-style backpack, along with the little, of course, the, the, the Spider-Bots. Probably, if I was just a little bit more of a Marvel person, I, I, I actually, I was very close to getting a Spider-Bot because I think my grandkids would have enjoyed the Spider-Bot. It was really cute. And I kind of regret not having gotten that. Um, there is a lot of other merchandise. Well, we're talking about Avengers, right? So, but the web supplier store, you take five steps, you're out the back side of the store. It's that small, very intimate, very well detailed, very beautiful store but very small store. There's a cart, didn't even really study that. Spent a lot more time in a gift shop that was on the backstage of Hollywood. And, and this kind of transitions us from Avengers Campus over, it is sandwiched between Radiator Springs and Hollywood Backlot. Now, what was interesting about this is they had, before Avengers Campus, they had taken portions of Hollywood back at lot and made meet and greet locations out of them. Those meet and greet locations are largely still there, although you're just getting a picture of you in front of it. 
and that's cool. That was fine. There's a stage out there as well uh, for doing some things, but I, I didn't see anything on the stage. I think it was maybe only a weekend thing. Um, they had um, some new photo places. Um, one was based on WandaVision, and the other was the little clock that was in the Loki series. Hi, hey, y'all. There is a big, hey, y'all, um, clock thing. Orange, you know, the orange little, the, the orange uh, southern voice woman um, clock. There's a big one of these. I show pictures of these in my, in my, uh, uh, oh, in my, um, uh, pod, uh, Disney play, uh, post, I show visions of these. The cool thing with the WandaVision is the set was all, it was a couch you could sit on and a set behind it was all black and white. And you could put your camera through a TV set in the forefront. So it looked like you were taking a picture of, of your family on TV. And it was just clever, clever, clever. Lots of these little sets all over to take pictures. Definitely worth checking out. And the corner, back corner, is a massive um, Avengers store. They've used it for other retail purposes. They've used it for a lot of things. I think it originally was way back in the day, a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire um, location uh, where they had the show there like they did studios in uh, Walt Disney World. Um, there's just a lot of fun things in that area. They also, by the way, had taken the seating area, and I talked about this when I interviewed with Drew Osler. He gave his review earlier. You want to check that out of being a Disney California adventure in Disneyland. They had taken the whole queuing area for the um, theater there on the Hollywood back lot, the Hyperion Theater, and they had converted it over to a dining space for those dining. And that really provided a nice, quiet shade space uh, and made, again, added to, wasn't technically part of Avengers Campus, but this expanded area allowed you to enjoy all things Avenger. And as I said on, the, on Drew's podcast, I think they need to take the Hyperion Theater and make it into a big Marvel stunt show. Um, and bring it into the Avenger campus. It's kind of an interesting segue. I don't know what they're going to do with all that backlot area. They certainly had improved it with um, with uh, Mickey's Filler Magic creating a new marquee going into that. And Monsters Incorporated is still back in that back corner. Um, but at any rate, long story short, the entire Avengers campus was so wonderful. It really was the highlight of my experience at the Disneyland Resort. As much fun as it was to come back to all these things, I really do love and have enjoyed for so many years. I would say if you are going, if you've never been to Disneyland, you need to go and then you need to take advantage of Avengers Campus. If you've been to Disneyland, and you're a big Marvel fan, you need to just stop, drop, and go to Avengers Campus. It is so worthy of you uh, going and visiting. So make sure you go check that out. Um, it is certainly worth going and seeing. Well, that wraps up 
not does not wrap up all that we want to talk about Disneyland. I still want to come back. Probably will be after the 50th anniversary to talk about uh, Snow White's uh, Enchanting Wish and that dark ride and all things Snow White. But so I'll find another time to come back to that. Well, we need to talk about Halloween at Disneyland too. But in the meantime, uh, we're moving forward this week as we get ready for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Excited to share that with you. So be on the lookout as we provide podcasts and videos of that event. In the meantime, make sure if you have a chance, go to Disney at Play Disney at work.com, subscribe to our work site, our website. Uh, iTunes at J. Jeff Kober is where you can, or I'm sorry, J. Jeff Kober on YouTube is where you can also subscribe because we have lots of videos. We had done six different videos for this um, review of Avengers Campus. So you want to go check out all of those uh, videos and they are all available on J. Jeff Kober. As well as, by the way, I added after Friday night one of the very last showings of um, of Happily Ever After. So make sure you check that out. All of those, we have easily over 100 videos on J. Jeff Cobra featuring the park. So definitely check those out. Um, finally, consider joining the Wayfinder Society. This is our Patreon group. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support this podcast and our attending websites, all the videos we have. And in return, you get uh, some really great interactive guides to the parks. Whether you are a Disney fan or you're looking at Disney best in business practices, please go check out our Wayfinder Society. You see the link on DisneyAtPlay.com or on our, um, again, post that we have for this session. And if you get a chance, go to iTunes and please offer us a positive review and rating if you have the opportunity. This concludes our podcast for today. Be on the lookout as we share more this week. And remember, wherever you are, at Walt Disney World, at Disneyland, at home, abroad, or even at Tokyo Disney Sea, as they say on Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day, and we'll see you real soon. Thank you.